This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. For those that are listening or watching, if they've had a interest or a passion, what advice would you give them if they're on the fence about it? You have to be inspired. So, you know, and everybody has a story. My advice is take what you know and make something of it. You know, we all have lessons that we've learned in life that we think our children should also learn. And that would be my advice is take your knowledge, your inspiration, what you know and the lessons you've learned, you know, put it in a children's story that they, in a way they can understand. Be inspired and write it. Just sit down and write it. You know, the, the rest will come. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Melody Dunn, born and raised in the beautiful desert of Yuma, Arizona. You have never been far from the spotlight. You are an award-winning journalist and a number one best-selling author. As a mom and a Mimi, you are now using your passion for writing children's books. Melody, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roger. And I have your book right here, The Christmas Tree. It was so much fun to work on this project with you. Um, we came in at the tail end uh, publishing the book for you. But let's start here. Talk about the process, how this all came to be, uh, the backstory, if you will, behind the book. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I've been a writer all my life. I went to journalism school, was in TV news, and then I, I am also a songwriter. And um, I'm now a grandmother. So with my two little grandchildren, reading them books all the time, it just was something I wanted to do was to write a book for them. And then one day I'm driving through upstate New York and through the windy mountains and I see this tree. It looked like a small tree. It was probably four or five feet tall, but it looked so tiny next to all the trees uh, there in the forest that I thought to myself, wow, what a beautiful Christmas tree that's going to be someday. And then my mind just started wandering and I started thinking about Christmas tree farms because my son is a farmer. And then I started thinking about the Christmas celebration that we do here in Yuma. And the book just literally came to me. And I sat down that night and in five hours, I wrote this book. It was just, it was, it poured out of me. I couldn't stop writing it. That's awesome. Um, and I've, want to talk a little bit about the plot of the book in a moment, but you brought up upstate New York. That's where I live, which is uh, near and dear uh, to me and, and our family. But something interesting that I just found out this week, um, the Christmas tree for Rockefeller Center came from our town uh, this year. And wow. they, my wife happened to see them. Uh, there was an escort, you know, bringing it down the Vestal Parkway here in, in the Binghamton area. And it'll be lit up uh, there in Rockefeller Center. So a little uh, little um, uh, point of interest there from, from your story of, of seeing the trees up here. Wow, what a small world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the uh, amazing, like when the inspiration comes, and you know as a writer, uh, if you didn't do it that night, you may not have had this, right? 
I agree. I agree. If I hadn't sat down that night and had the time first, you know, a lot of people get so busy with their lives, but I was lucky. I just had the time and I sat down and on my computer and it just poured out of me. Now, Roger, I have projects I've been working on for 18 years that I haven't finished. And I know that story is very common with a lot of people. Sometimes we just have to sit down and do it and not procrastinate. And I'm guilty of it just as anybody else. I mean, I know this is a children's book. It's a lot smaller than maybe a novel or some other project people are working on. But still, the 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 truth behind it is if you don't sit down and do it, it's not going to get done. And no. luckily, it did. I just sat down and it just poured out of me. It was a beautiful process. That's wonderful. Love to hear that. And then can you tell us a little bit about the plot of the story? Tell us about this, this Christmas sure. tree. Without I, giving I, too much away. Right. I don't know if you notice. You might want to lift the book up again real quick. Notice how the title is The Christmas Tree and Christ is in a different color. It's in red. So this book is about uh, a little Christmas tree who grows up on a Christmas tree farm. And he doesn't know who God is. He doesn't know who Jesus is. And neither do all of his little furry friends, his forest animal friends. And so uh, the farmer um, often comes and cares for the trees and then prays for the trees. So that's when they first hear about God and Jesus and they start seeing the farmer uh, praying. And then also in the back of the book, in all of most of the scenes, you see the church on top of the hill. So the church is always there in the background. Anyway, during the story, um, there's some, um, some trauma that happens. They go through the, you know, the, the, the farm or the forest, you know, life and, and things happen and they survive and they survive through prayer. And then by the end of the book, um, you know, Tiny uh, is part of the Christmas celebration at the church and discovers what Christmas is really all about. And then his little friends also come to the church for the celebration and they discover it too. And then they go back to the farm and spread the word of what Christmas really is all about. That's great. And tell us uh, what it has it been like talking to your grandkids about the story? Have you sat down and read it to them? What kind of feedback are you receiving? Well, my grandchildren are very young. They're only three and one. So I don't get much feedback from them other than she recognizes herself on the one page in the book. <laughs> She's the That's one putting great. the star on the tree, you know. Um, but my son, to me, my son and my daughter-in-law were, um, you know, very uh, instrumental in in um, uh, being a part of this book for me when I wrote it and, and their inspiration uh, when I wrote it. So, you know, I, I think kids, it keeps the interest of my three-year-old granddaughter when I'm reading it to her, but it actually can be read up. I think it's, should fit to about, you know, three to 12 years old would still really appreciate the book. And my kind of goal for this is that it becomes a Christmas classic, that it's a tradition that when you put up your Christmas tree or decorate your Christmas tree, you're reading the Christmas tree book because we're decorating a Christmas tree, but we also want to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. So that's kind of what I, that was the intention behind writing the book is bringing the Christmas tree which is part of our modern day celebration into the true meaning of Christmas. That's great. And the, you know, it is a, it is a Christian book, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
I guess for the average person who um, doesn't know the the real story behind the Christmas tree, will they benefit from this book if they're not Christian? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing, Roger. I I I, I used to go to church quite a bit when I was uh, younger. Uh, not not as a young girl. My my parents. I did not grow up in a Christian household, but when I married. My husband was a Christian and I came into the church and was very involved in the church. And then um, as then about 10 years later, I ended up getting a divorce and I was shunned from the church. So I left the church for 25 years. I did not. I, I kind of was like, well, so much for that, because I didn't grow up in a Christian household. It wasn't until I wrote this book. And even as a person who doesn't didn't go to church, didn't. Really, I would I would be the what they call the CEO Christian Christmas, Easter and other holidays. You know? <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> right. Um, but I was in a state last year when I wrote this book of I wouldn't say non-believer, but not a churchgoer. But I knew the story. I knew the story of Christmas. And everybody knows the story of Christmas, that it's the birth of Christ. And we sing the Christmas carols. So even if you're not a Christian, I think this is a beautiful story for you to share that that is really the true meaning and why we have Christmas, you know, um, and some people might not care for it and that's okay. You know, uh, not everybody's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but I think the majority of the population would really enjoy this book and get something out of it. Yeah. And I really like your, you know, goal of wanting this to be something special for families when they, when they decorate the tree, my wife, happened to decorate the tree yesterday right? our mm -hmm. kids are older now but I could see it being you know very you know keep it in the box with the bulb so then next year you bring it back exactly. out you know that kind of thing it's, it's that's uh, what I'm imagining is keep it with your decoration <laughs> and then when you're decorating the tree you sit down at the end of it and read the book yeah so what's the moral of the story with uh, tiny so um Again, Tiny doesn't know in the beginning who God is or who Jesus is. And so as he grows and learns and, and sees the farmer pray, but he also um, experiences some trials and tribulations and the animals um, of the forest, you know, even though they really don't know either, they see the farmer pray. So they start praying because they think that's going to help Tiny. Also in the beginning, um, Bruce the spruce is the big Bruce tree next to him, right? And uh, Bruce uh, tells Tiny that uh, one Christmas the farmer comes and he's taking a bunch of trees away and he tells the trees how lucky you are you're getting to go home and, you know, fulfill your purpose. Well, Tiny as a small tree, he's like, why are they taking the trees away? I don't want to be taken away. And he goes, Bruce tells Tiny, we all get taken away at some point. Mm -hmm. We all get taken at some point. And, and Tiny just doesn't want to do that. But as Tiny grows and learns and faces the trials and tribulations of the forest, in the end, he realizes and accepts his purpose and his path and God's plan for him. And so in the end, his friends are the ones saying, we don't want you to go. And Tiny's telling them, it's my time. Wow. Wow. Well, I think Tiny may have a career outside of the Christmas tree book, and I could see potential series, you know, coming up too, where I'm sure you could expand upon the characters and whatnot. So it's, it's a, it's a brilliant idea. 
Yeah, I'm working on that, Roger. Are you? <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, and I'm working on other things using the Christmas tree book as an inspiration. Awesome. So let's, you know, for those that are listening or watching, if they've had a interest or a passion of saying, and you, you mentioned it earlier, right? We all have all these projects, but if they've thought about writing a children's book, I think the children's book is a great way to get into the industry. Uh, what advice would you give them if they're, you know, kind of on the fence about it? Um, you have to be inspired. So, you know, and everybody has a story. And if you can relate that story, uh, let's say in a children's book, in a children's way, or teach that lesson maybe that you've learned in a children's book and just come up, I mean, you do have to come up with the characters and you have to see it in your own mind. And, um, but yeah, I, my advice is take what you know and make something of it. Um, you know, it, for this, I knew the Christmas story, but it's also a lesson in here that I didn't really know it at the time, but that I was learning myself. And I took that lesson. And because of my grandchildren, I wanted to write it in a children's story. So, you know, we all have lessons that we've learned in life that we think our children should also learn. And that would be my advice is take your knowledge, your inspiration, what you know, and the lessons you've learned and, you know, put it in a children's story that they, in a way they can understand. And, you know, you have to do it in a certain age groups, right? Uh, mine spans quite a long age group and even into adults, because I think adults appreciate this as a Christmas book, but um, yeah. And, and again, be inspired and write it. Just sit down and write it. You know, the the rest will come. And especially with a company like yours, you help them <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. So the bestseller status, you earned that uh, pretty close uh, to when the book was released out of the gate. Uh, congratulations, first of all, on, on getting that status. But what was that process like for you? And um you know, after it all happened, how did you feel? Well, I mean, after it happens, you feel amazing because now I can go and introduce myself in in uh, situations like this as a best-selling author. I've even had my brother-in-law came up to me the other day. He goes, is that true? Did you really get best-selling stuff? I'm like, yes, I'm not just putting a sticker on my book. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But I do have to uh, contribute a lot of that success to you and American Real Publishing. You guys helped me through that process. And that was amazing to get me there. Fantastic. No, that's that's what we do. So we're happy. You know, we're so happy to help people like you um, get that, earn that status. Um, would love to learn a little bit more about you and your background. Um, no, you're, you mentioned your, your, your formal, uh, journalists, uh, how long did you spend in the industry? Uh, so I became a TV news journalist, um, back in the nineties. Uh, and I did that for probably about 10 years, uh, being, I was a TV news, um, anchor investigative reporter. I ended up being the morning show girl for quite a few, you know, quite some time, uh, it was not conducive to raising children. I was either having to be at the studio at four o'clock in the morning or staying till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. So I ended up leaving that, um, because I had small children and I just, it was hard, uh, for my family. Uh, then I went on to 
advertising sales, but I think the biggest uh, part um, of my life that I really uh, uh, was a passion of mine was I started my own band. I've been playing uh, instruments since I was 10 years old. And um, I went through college on a singing scholarship. And uh, and then I had my own band for many years. I ended up touring Australia twice. Um, and then I ended up in Nashville for a couple of years recording my third CD. And I wrote most of the songs on my second album and all of the songs on my third album. Wow. So, um, <laughs> So I had uh, quite the singing career for a lot of years. And then finally, um, you know, I actually did get a deal from Sony Records when I was in um, Nashville and they offered me uh, a deal. But, you know, I was I was pushing 40, Roger. <laughs> and at the time, acts like Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift were very popular. They weren't looking for a 40 year old. And that's just the reality of music. I mean, and I relate it to writing books and getting books published. It's very hard to get picked up by a traditional publishing company, which is why most of us do a self-publishing deal. Uh, it's the same thing with music. You don't just get picked up by one of the record companies. I thought I was very lucky um, that Sony wanted to sign me, but they wanted to sign me in a way that will send you to Vegas and we'll put you in every casino from here to Florida. And I was like, well, I, I already did that by myself. I don't need a record deal for that. So that's when I decided to go back to the corporate world. And so I've been back in the corporate world and, um, you know, traveled a lot for my other job. And then I'm still here in Yuma, Arizona. And now I just want to enjoy my grandchildren and write some more books. Phenomenal. But I, I do know you have a new coaching program coming out, correct? I do. What, I do. What, what is that all about? So uh, the Christmas tree is actually the inspiration for that. I was looking for ways to promote the book and I came across this um, program uh, for building coaching programs. Uh, so I think earlier in the interview, I talked about how I walked away from the church and I hadn't been back to church in 25 years. Uh, and forgive me if I get a little misty eyed when I talk about it. <laughs> Um, my daughter-in-law read this book when I first published it, when I finally got the hardback copy and I, I let her read the book and she was a little bewildered because she knew I hadn't been to church in many years other than the holidays and my granddaughter's christenings. And she said to me, she goes, you really realize Melody that this is your story. You're tiny. And I just kind of was like, what are you talking about? She goes, in the beginning of the book, Tiny doesn't know who God is. Tiny doesn't know who Jesus is. He survives the proverbial fires. And on the other end, he discovers his path. Wow. <laughs> wow. It blew my mind. And I started going back to church. And I've been going back to church ever since. And uh, so now I am developing a coaching program for those who have suffered what I call church hurt or been rejected by the church and um, to work through that and so that they can come out on the other side and either repair that relationship or move forward so that they can enjoy faith and freedom of, of, commu of community support and, um, and the church again. 
And uh, I just don't want it to take other people 25 years of trying to fight the fires alone to do it. So my program is to try to help people uh, work through their church hurt and, and get back to a life of, of faith. That's phenomenal. And your daughter-in-law, I mean, that's (laughs) that's the story behind the story is she identified that and you, you didn't even realize it. I didn't, but I had a very hard uh, few years of my life. I lost my parents 2020 was very hard on me, not because of the actual illness of COVID, but the effects of what COVID did to our world. I mean, I could go into that for a whole nother podcast. (laughs) And that is another book I'm working on, by the way, is my year, my story of 2020. Um, But yeah, I realized when after she said that, that that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to just survive and fight these fires all by myself not realizing I was never alone. Hmm. I just was not accepting it. Wow. Well, that makes the book and the story even more powerful. Um, And, you know, I I hear this quite a bit, and I'm I'm even thinking about myself and the books I write. Like sometimes we write and we don't even realize that it's us that we're writing about. And it's what we know. It's what we know. Writing what we know. Yep. And what's closest to us. And you mentioned that early on, which is, which is so true. And, but I'm, I'm glad you told us that part of the story because that, it, that's just, that's amazing. And um, she sounds like an amazing person as well. I could not ask for a better daughter-in-law, wife for my son or mother for my grandchildren. Wow. Um, okay. So let's, uh, I, I, I'm interested in this, in your music career. Um, and just curious, like, you're right, it's very similar to the publishing industry in a lot of ways. Um, do you do you still have a passion for music? Do, do you, uh, what are you doing any recording these days? Or did you give that up? I do have a passion for music, and I still write and play. Uh, I, I not like I used to, I don't have a band, I don't tour anymore. There's a little, there's a little band here in town that invites me to sit with them to sing a few songs here and there. And uh, they love it when I do. And that's sweet. Um, but I'm also a classical uh, vocalist. So I also get, in fact, Christmas um, this year for the Christmas concert, I'm the guest soprano for the orchestra. Wow. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but my goal is to integrate my music and and certain songs into my coaching program and my speaking engagements. So I'll play my guitar or the piano and I'll sing a song that will uh, match or go with the the program I'm presenting or the speech I'm making. So that's kind of my goal. And isn't it amazing, you know, just take a step back here and think about everything you talked about today. You talked about our passion. And it seems to me that this book has brought you to a place that you couldn't have even imagined whenever a year ago that this is where you would be. But it's like your passion is all coming together at once. It's true. This book, this little children's book has changed my life, completely changed my life in so many wonderful ways. (laughs) That's so incredible. Um, wow. 
Yeah. Now, what um, do you have any like like if people want to get connected to you? Obviously, we could share the link uh, on on Amazon. But how about a website? Do you have? Yes, I do. I have a website, MelodyDunn.info. Uh, it's very simple right now. That's where I'm going to be promoting my coaching program as well. Uh, right now, it's got a bio of me. It has a little bit of my story. And um, and then it also has a link to the book and, on Amazon. And I'm just, I'm going to be working on that website as I develop, um, you know, spreading the word for the book as well as as my coaching program for Church Hurt. Awesome. Um now the the I keep going back to them. I'm, I love music, so I'm just uh, enamored with your uh, history with it. Um, is it country music? I did play country music. That that was the band I had. Um, okay. and when I was in Australia, they actually I never had a lot of success as far as radio here in the United States, but they played my music on the radio over in Australia for several years, and then um I had a video that played, which you can find on YouTube. <laughs> Um, it, the song is called Single Red Rose. It's the title track to my second CD. Um, and I am trying to get all my music put up on um, Spotify. Uh, I'm having a little problem getting the right uh, um, the right links uh, to, to upload. But um, yeah, all of my original music I want to put up on Spotify. But yeah, so I played over in Australia for a couple of years or a couple of tours. Um, it was very... Um, surreal being in Australia uh, because I was quite recognizable. My video had been playing over there for two years. So I'd walk down the streets of Sydney, Australia, and people would stop me and ask for my autograph. Wow. It was very surreal. I, yeah, <laughs> it was quite, and then I got invited to a lot of the industry parties and I sang at the um, Golden Guitar Awards, which uh, is the, kind of their big CMA awards. So I did a lot of uh, shows around the Golden Guitar Awards and got invited to a lot of things. So that was, it was wow. a very surreal time of my life. Yeah. And I hear it's beautiful there as well. It is. I love Australia. Australia is great. Yeah. But then again, I came back and went to the Nashville, did the Nashville thing. And it was just time to let that part go. I mean, not completely. I still have a passion for it. Um, I mean, I, I, I am a, a dreamer, but in some points you have to be a realist. And, uh, and I do get criticized for it. Oh, you quit and you're never too old. And as we know, Roger, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, just came to me. I, I could see you doing a Christmas album. I would love to do a Christmas album. Yeah. That, now that would tie in nicely with your whole theme. Yeah, so. it absolutely would. <laughs> well, that's great. a whole other ballgame. <laughs> Melody, this has been uh, great. I'm so happy we were able to connect today to share your story and the story behind the book and how it all came to be. A um, couple last questions, if, if you don't mind. If you were to take out your cell phone right now and call the 20-year-old Melody, oh. what would you tell her? You know, it's hard to go back like that because I don't regret my life. You know, I don't. I got married young and I had my children and that was something I wanted so badly at that point in my life. And I don't think that would change 20 year old me if I were to call her right now. But what I would say to her is don't put your dreams on hold. You can do, I should have kept playing through my twenties. I, I gave up all that. Um, 
because and and like I said, I don't regret that I did because I have two beautiful children. But I think I would have told her, don't let don't put your dreams aside. Go ahead and keep trying to do that as well. You know, doesn't mean you can't be a good mom. You can do both. Right. Yeah, no, and it brings up a great point that, you know, sometimes it, it takes time to realize this, right? So we we figure it out later, but even for the younger people that are listening, you can do multiple things at the same time. You can have a job and you can have a side hustle. You can have a family and do something else. So that is great advice. And and I'm with you that, you know, I, I, I look back a lot and don't like to regret anything, but, you know, it is a good one that we can we can challenge ourselves to do more, um, yeah. even if we think we can't. Right. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had continued playing music through my 20s. I literally had given it up for 10 years and yeah. I went back to it. Yeah. And who knows what might have happened. But again, I don't have regrets. Um, I look back at my life and I have done a lot more than a lot of people can say they've done. And I've in fact, that's one of the lessons my boys tell me that they learned from me is don't say what if, just go do it. If you want something, go get it, go make it happen, or at least try your very best. And both of my boys have said that. That's great. Okay, last question before I let you go. And I try to ask every guest this. Um, at the end of the day, you still have a lot of life to live, but what do you want your legacy to be? Well, that's a hard one. <laughs> I guess I haven't really thought about that. I think I would love people to look back on the music I've written and the, and my books as I write more books and, and, and just realize that, that you can live it. You can live the dream. You can, I have so many people that, how do you, is there something you don't do, you know? <laughs> and I tell them there's nothing I can't do. And I think I want people to just remember me for that. She just did it. Whatever she wanted to do, she just went and did it um, and wasn't afraid, was never afraid to do it. So I guess that would be, and that's what I taught my children. Don't be afraid to go for it. Melody Dunn, uh, this has been a great conversation. Welcome to the American Real family. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, so happy that you put this wonderful book out to the world. Uh, you could find it on Amazon. We will put the links below. And um, thank you so much. Thank you, Roger. It was a pleasure. And we will have you back after you write that second book. Excellent. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.